Shall we begin? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. Today, I have a special guest all the way from Manchester, UK. I'd like to introduce everybody to Miss Tanya Lopez. She is a parenting coach from, uh, from Full Circle Hypnotherapy. How are we doing today, Tanya? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so, so much for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I've never actually talked to a parenting coach before. And then hypnotherapy, that's, you know, I've heard about it. Um, I've seen things on TV about it, you know, when they, when they make people, you know, act like they're a chicken or a duck or something like that. <laughs> but the way I'm assuming the way you use it is completely different than the way people perceive it to be, correct? Yeah, because what you're talking about there is stage hypnosis. So that's really for entertainment um, purposes. And what I do is more therapeutic. So when you say therapeutic, what does that exactly mean? So when, I, when it comes to working with parents, the, the approach I take is a combination of coaching and hypnotherapy. So um, a lot of parents come to me for <clears throat> regular kind of problems like children having meltdowns, tantrums, mm -hmm. Um, not listening, defiance, and many more things. So the coaching can provide really practical solutions that you can apply. Now, the hypnotherapy part goes a bit deeper. So it goes to some of our um, habits, unconscious triggers, um, the things that we're not really aware of. Mm -hmm. So the hypnotherapy part helps us to deal with that. So it could be that there's a particular behavior in your child that really just gets to you and it could be that that behavior is just something very normal that a child does but for some reason it really grates on you mm. and that's where we make the link with historical stuff so so it could be something in your own the way you were conditioned the way you were brought up so maybe if you've got a child who really doesn't listen to you and as a child you have to listen to your elders you have to always hear other people but you were never heard so then when you've got a child who's this uh if you like a mirror and they're not listening to you either that can really trigger our internal you know our internal reactions and it can really that can be really um i don't use the word triggering again but that can really affect us because you know we can tear our hair out because why are you not listening to me right actually your child is just doing what children do <laughs> Right, it, be annoying and frustrating. It, it and it can be, especially like when you have teenagers and they're going through their phases. Like I have a 15 year old and a 13 year old, and you know they tend, I, you know, and I've been, I've been tearing my hair off for a little while now because uh, my 15 year old, you know, he he's, I, I don't know if it's a rebellious thing or he's at that stage where he just likes to be defiant and not realizing he's being defiant. But it gets kind of annoying. Um, and I try to deal with it the best I can. But sometimes you correct it, it. It drives me nuts. You know, I don't know if there's an unconscious bias for me when I was younger. And, you know, and it's the and I'm turning into my mother or, you know, what I mean? <laughs> and I, she was <laughs> I and I try to, all the time. <laughs> right. And I'm trying to avoid all that. And I'm trying to find a new approach, how to deal with them, because 
don't get me wrong. I know some of it is chemical. They're, they're kids. They're, you know, they're going into their body, you know, at age 12, they stop taking care of themselves. They don't want to shower. They don't want to do simple things They you know, brush their hair. Like it, it's, it's amazing. Once they, they, their hormones start kicking in, how totally different they start to act. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I would say, it's probably always a combination of different things. So partly it's a combination of what they're going through and mm-hmm. partly it's a combination of what we're putting into the mix as well. It's never just them and it's never just us. Mm-hmm. And really, I like to take a no blame approach that they're being the way that they're being. And can we support them with that? So some of the um, when you say defiance, some of them, some of that will be coming through with them wanting independence as well. Yeah. Um, and not seeing your way as being the only way or the right way. And they're trying to figure out a new way, which we don't always agree with because it doesn't fit with our, you know, with our conditioning. Yeah. And I kind of, I a hundred percent agree with that because my oldest is at that point now where he wants to be independent. I mean, he's 15. Like you stop. You're, I mean, you're not in the, you can't even, you know, uh, wash the dish correctly. And you talking about, you want to be, you want to be out on your own. And I get it. And if it, it gets frustrating, but as a parent, I have to understand too, that um, yelling and screaming is not always going to solve the problem. So, you know, I've you tried talking to them and, and things like, and sometimes you don't want to talk because you, you just, you, you've had enough, you know what I mean? And you got to walk away and, and not, and not get too angry about it. But when you're dealing with things like that, what are techniques that you found to help parents like me who have teenage sons that are going through that phase? So what I would say is when you're finding your own frustration coming up, I would say deal with your frustration first. And the way I always um, encourage parents to, to deal with their own frustration is not to suppress it, not to deny it, not to pretend it doesn't exist. It's to actually really go into that frustration. So really allow yourself to feel these feelings. You know, we tend to be quite afraid of um, anger mm-hmm. and things like that. And we almost think that they're bad emotions. We shouldn't be feeling them. But actually we're feeling them because they're a really good sign that something isn't right and we want to do something. So when you feel that, when you feel that frustration is really feel into it, lean into those emotions. And then give that part of you that's feeling frustrated some love. So give it some compassion. Understand, so what can happen sometimes is that we really try and understand children and where they're coming from. But there is a part that we sometimes miss is that we don't give ourselves that understanding and that compassion brain. You you know, I'm feeling like this and it's okay for me to feel like this because this person just isn't listening. Right. And then go into that feeling and just think, what do I need right now? How so can I support myself? What kind of, how can I really be with myself in this really difficult, tricky moment? So for me, it's my, my frustration is not so much them because they, I'm dad. They're going to listen to dad. They know better. You know, dad is the, you know, the authority figure, you know, how most fathers are They're the All they have to do is raise their voice in the kids and listen the frustration comes in with my my oldest kids is with my wife because for some reason mothers tend to get the most slack from the kids no matter what and it's you know it gets frustrating because i work obviously she's home with the kids majority of the time and then when i come home i have to deal with the nonsense of them acting out and then it frustrates her because she's trying and she doesn't know how to deal so 
and I see you work with a lot of moms, most moms, when it comes to this stuff, what have you found to be um, helpful for the mothers who are in this kind of situation? Because for me, I just deal with the aftermath of everything. I have to step in, you know, and have the talk and, and deal with them. And when I'm home, I don't have the, the same type of issues. So for mothers who are frustrated in this kind of situation, what are some steps that they can take to try to ease some of that tension and that stress that they're feeling? Okay, so um, what I would say is, I, I hear this a lot, okay, from mums. Um, and so what I say is, if you can, sometimes what can happen is we very much go into the good cop, bad cop scenario, and children know that. Um, so if you can, it's for the adults to get on the same page. And the more somebody takes the the role of good cop, the more the other person has to play the bad cop. Mm -hmm. And the more somebody plays the bad cop, the more the other person then has to do the good cop part. So it's if you can recognize that you're playing those roles and step away from them together. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. I get it. Yeah, because this is this. It's when there's like a push-pull and unless you're both on the same page, and you, I totally understand that you can't both be on the same page fully, because everybody always says to me, there's no parenting manual, but we were all given a, a download. We were all given a parenting download mm -hmm. because of the way we were parented. So if you've got two people, they've both had different downloads. And so they will all have their own internal triggers, their own conditioning, so it's very hard to get completely on the same page. But if you can, if there's a certain behavior that's really challenging both of you, discuss that between the two of you. And so how do we best handle it? And without making either person wrong. And that's the challenge because you can sometimes feel, you know, I'm in the right because I know this is the way that works. And the other person thinks, well, I'm in the right because I have to then do this. And you're kind of doing this dance with each other. Yeah. And it can be very confusing for children. And they're kind of in the middle of this mix of two parenting downloads, two parenting styles, all of that. And children will always try and find the best way forward, the easiest, least resistant route, like all of us actually. We're always looking for the least resistance to get to where we want to go, to get what we want. Um, so if you can possibly get on the same have that conversation without making each other wrong and just say how can I support you better if you both have that conversation and how can I support you better this is what we both want and check is the end result the same that you're both wanting nice because sometimes what can happen is one person the end result is they want is compliance the other person the end result they want is to you know have harmony and so just check what are the end goals that you're both wanting in what you've created. Do they match? Well, I think both of us want the same. I think both of us want harmony and compliance. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> we we both want it. I mean, we want harmony. We don't like stress. We don't like arguing. We don't like we. I mean, we've been together for a long time. We've been together for twelve years, and we've we've grown a lot um, from how we used to be. And we grew up very differently. The both of us grew up very differently. So we, you know, like you said, we have two different parenting downloads and we have to try to combine the two to make things 
understand. But sometimes it can get frustrating. Sometimes, you know, line, wires are crossed and we're, you know, we're not always on the same page and, and we try to be on the same page. So that can lead to arguments and things like that. But we try to settle those things out as quickly as we can because we're not perfect. No parent is perfect. Parents are going to continue to make mistakes. Even when your children are grown, they're going to make mistakes. But I try to reassure that, you know, my I love my children, but at the end of the day, my priority is my wife for the simple fact is because when my kids get older and they leave the house, my wife is still going to be there. So my wife or a priority is uh, my kids are a priority as well. But I want my wife to understand that I'm here for her first and foremost. That way we can do what we need to do as parents for our kids. You know what That's I mean? Beautiful. That's beautiful. So when it comes to the, the hypnotherapy side, how exactly does this work for you? So the hypnotherapy is, so when I'm running my programs, I have a session of coaching and I have a session of hypnotherapy and then another coaching and hypnotherapy session. And the coaching really um, gives me the information I need for the hypno, hypnotherapy part. Mm -hmm. so, the, so what I'm looking for is our internal kind of unconscious stuff that's coming up in the parenting relationship that's kind of um creating that dynamic that's not working so the hypnotherapy part is really so the coaching is really the conscious stuff the stuff mm -hmm. that we're aware of and the hypnotherapy part is the is the stuff that we don't fully have awareness of or it could be something that a habit that you're doing and you know you're doing it but you can't stop it and it's looking at where's that coming from and it's really about neutralizing some of those triggers so the same so what, what happens quite often with hypnotherapy is when you look at your child, you almost look at them through different lenses because you've, you've helped yourself to neutralize something that was really triggering you. And rather than going, oh, okay, it's not, it's not them. It's just something within me that just through whatever happened in our childhood, that's really affecting the way I'm parenting them now you can let it go and I guess with the hypnotherapy part a lot of what I'm dealing with is parental feelings of failure guilt and shame that huh. comes up I've been working with families for 20 years so initially the first seven eight years I was working with families who were at crisis end and so it was um it was doing welfare work and then the last the, you know the last 15 years I've been a teacher um, and yeah, the, the thing that I've heard over and over again is I feel like I'm failing. And you know what you just said before, that it's, you can't do parenting perfectly. No one can. Just like nobody can be a perfect partner. Nobody can be a perfect child to our parents. You know, none of us can be perfect in anything. Um, but parenting seems to be, there seems to be a bit of a competition. You know, when you look at social media, uh, you look at other parents and you think, how are they doing it? And how am I failing at this? So that comes up a lot that, um, you know, and something else that you said, oh, I've turned into my mother <laughs> or father. Um, and a lot of people think they failed because they hear themselves sounding like their mum and dad. They're like, no, I wanted to do it differently with my children. And now here I am sounding exactly like my mum. And they feel like they've really failed. And then shame comes in because how have I not been able to change the pattern? How have I not been able to change this? And then obviously with our own behaviors, 
we can feel really guilty. So if we've shouted at a child or, you know, we've taken something away from them, we're then completely, you know, um, filled up with guilt. So hypnotherapy is really great at helping with those really big emotions. So I think you're 100% correct when it comes on feeling of emotions of failure, because there's times me and my wife have felt like we're like we're not accomplishing what we wanted to set out and do. But at the end of the day, I think we beat ourselves up a little bit too much because we've come a long way with these kids. I mean, from from where things have started to where they are now, they're they're good kids. It's just like every other kid. They're just going to give us issues. And it's just the, the simplest stuff too. taking something they're not supposed to take or doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And I think this is a, I think this is an issue for all parents when it comes to their kids is, is how do you not uh, act the same way that you were brought up? But the problem is, is what people don't realize now when parents become grandparents, their whole perspective change on how you should treat your kids, which blows my mind. I'm like, where was all this when I was a kid? <laughs> and now you're trying to lecture me and tell me how I should be raising my kids when you did nothing. When you did nothing of what you're telling me you're to do right now, which and I think that's where the the aggravation comes in with parents is because when you have other people giving their opinions, especially your parents trying to give you an opinion on how you should raise your kids when you know as well as I do, you didn't do any of that with me growing up. So and I think that's where the frustration level comes in with a lot of parents is who are you to tell me how to raise my kids when you told everybody else to mind your business. So um, and, and sometimes feeling like a failure when you raise, but my, my kids are healthy. My kids are happy. Yes. They can be problematic at times, but they're good kids at the end of the day. Um, you know, they're not out in the streets. They're not, you know, <laughs> out doing things they shouldn't be doing. So yes, it's a give and take. Um, I think balance is the key for everything, but with the hypnotherapy, is it, how does it, is, do, do you get them under? Like, how does that work exactly? All right. So with hypnotherapy, everybody has, because we've seen it on TV, mm-hmm. we kind of think you go under, that mm-hmm. there's something, you know, something really weird that happens. And actually, the actual part of hypnosis, we go into it daily. So just before you fall asleep, you're in a state of hypnosis. And just before you wake up, you're in a state of hypnosis. But mm. both of those are hypnotic states. So we're all incredibly well practiced at going in and out of hypnosis because we've done it every single day. So there's nothing, nothing unnatural about it. In fact, it's very normal and natural. And lots of people go in and out of hypnosis throughout the day. And children up to the age of eight are in hypnosis. They're wandering around. You know, we say they're like little sponges soaking everything up. Yeah, yeah. They're in hypnotic state. And the other thing, just to go back to the, just before we fall asleep and just before we wake up, So they are hypnotic states. If you think about what we do with children just before they go to sleep, you know, we read them stories, we tell them that we love them. All of that is going into their unconscious. They know they're all really good things that we're doing with children. Now, at waking time sometimes, especially with children who don't wake up when we ask ask them to, we might say things to them like, you're so lazy, you never get up. So we have to remember that that's the hypnotic state they're in mm-hmm. when we're saying those things to them. So when we give messages and hypnosis, those messages are taken in by our unconscious. And then we don't know why we're doing this behavior. But it's been, to- you know, we've been told that many times that we're lazy. 
But if you like, it's not that we're trying to be lazy. We just show those behaviors right. because that's what we've been told we are. And I've, I've worked with so many, especially young men who've become dads, who have said things like, um, you know, I was always told uh, you're going to be the bad one. You're going to end up in trouble. You're going to be the one who does whatever. And they always say to me, well, my parents were right, or whoever the caregiver was. They said, well, they were right, weren't they? And I just think it's everything that's been told us, we just take all of that in and we become that identity because that's what we've been told. You know, we've, we've been in hypnosis for, or up to the age of eight and we've given all these messages, we take them on and we think we start acting that way. So the hypnosis part, um, if you like, most people go into hypnosis by themselves. I just facilitate it. And then when they're in hypnosis, that's when I give them the messages. That's when I, I use language that I know will help them to deal with some of the um, kind of internal um, unconscious triggers and patterns that they might not necessarily have awareness of during their conscious everyday time with the children. I, and I think some of those triggers, I, I think you're absolutely correct when it comes to that, because there's stuff that went on when I was a kid that if I see now, for some reason, it'll just it'll trigger me and make me angry. You know what I mean? Stuff that, you know, if, a, you know, the dish is why is it this like it, it just drives me up the wall? Why is the dish dirty? Why, why is it greasy? Like it takes you five, two seconds to clean this dish correctly. It's small things like that that agitate me that I know shouldn't agitate me and it shouldn't trigger me, but it does. So sometimes I have to step, uh, take a step back and just be like, listen, I, just get it clean. Like, I'm not even going to argue about it because if I argue about it, all it's going to do is make me anger and there's no point in doing that. So I'll just go, man, just get it done. I try to avoid those situations where I have to yell and scream uh, uh, more because it doesn't, it's not making me any healthier. You know what I mean? It, it just, it makes, when you do that stuff, it makes your health worse because you're, you know, your blood pressure goes up, you're stressed out more. So I try to avoid screaming as much as I can now because I'm not trying to die at 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? From a heart attack, from stressing out. And I try to level myself out uh, and not try to find those triggers. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you, you like it builds. You know what I mean? Like I, I let it go, let it go, let it go. And then boom, it, like the smallest thing, boom, sets me off because I'm like, I let so much go and, <laughs> and things didn't change. It just infuriated me. It's like a pressure cooker, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so that's the, it is the pressure cooker effect that actually if you can, and I know it's hard <laughs> and, you know, it's not about being perfect. And if you have shouted and screamed, it's about, you know, if it feels right, apologize, as long as you're not doing it all the time, because then that gives your children the message. They don't mean it because they apologize every time they've screamed, but, you know, they're, they're doing it all the time. So do what feels right. Um but I suppose it's kind of, if you can, dealing with things as they come up. And sometimes there's so many things. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, pick your battles carefully. What are the things that are really important to you? And actually, when I'm running my parenting programs, what I ask people to do, because so many people have a long list of rules and do's and don'ts for their children. And that can be just a really hard way to live, is think about your values. What are the values that you want in your family? What are the values that you want your children to kind of live when they're out in the world? So really, everything that you do, think about the values that you want in your family and share them with your children. 
So rather than having rules and do's and don'ts, lead with values, what's really important to us. Um, it makes sense. It, it, I mean, it may say, look, my kids, I want my kids to be productive people. I want them to go on to war and be productive. I don't want them to rely on anybody for anything. I want them to be able to take care of themselves. So my kids cook, my kids clean. You know what I mean? They, they are, I want them to be independent in a way where if they have to, they know how to survive out there. They don't have to come running back for every little thing. But at the same time, I'm the type of parent that I told my kids, I said, don't just because when you turn 18 doesn't mean I'm going to kick you out the house. That does, doesn't work that way. I'll let you work. I'll let you, but you're going to have to work. Either you're going to work or you're going to go to school. There's not going to be neither. You're doing one or the other. So mm -hmm. I was one of these, I was one of these uh, parents that wanted my kids to go to college and just kept you going to college. You're, but at the end of the day, I sat back and I go, I can't do that to my kids because how do I know what degree they're going to get is going to be worth them getting. They're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars for college and then be in debt, paying it off for the rest of their lives. And the degree that they get might not even lead to anything for them. So I'm letting my kids be able to pick their career, figure out what they want to do and not put that pressure on them for that. Amazing. So, right. Because it's a, it's a lesson learned because every parent wants their kids to be successful. I tell my children all the time, the only thing I want from you is for you to do better than me, for you to do better than I did. But I have to go about it in a different way now because I can't forcefully tell my kids, oh, you're going to college. It's going to happen. No, I, I'm not going to do that. Go find a career. Find something that's going to work for you, because I, I didn't I didn't go back to college till I was in my 30s. In, well, 20s in my 20s. I think 20 late 20s, almost 30s. But that was my choice. That wasn't by because, you know, my, my mom pressured me into it. I chose to do it on my own. So I want to try to pass that on to my kids as well, because I want them to be successful. But we can teach our kids values. But at the end of the day, too, when they go out into the world, they have to make those decisions whether they're going to use those values or not. Absolutely. Yeah. And the best way to teach children values is to actually live them. Let them see you living the values. And then, you know, because kids learn not so much by us telling them. It's by us actually living what we're saying. You know, there used to be this old fashioned saying, I don't know if you have it. Um, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I used to hear it as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um but it's yeah it's the best way to teach any anyone anything is for you to be doing it yourself and you know you're already doing all of that so your children are watching you 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 know your children are you're their role models so they're already watching you do this and then they will still have to pave their own way still have to find their own way in in whatever they choose to do so where can so do you work with people just in the UK or do you work with people all over the world? Like, can you do this through video or you have? I to do be in this person? through Zoom now. Yeah, oh, I wow. always I do all the parenting and the hypnotherapy through Zoom. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So where can people actually find you if they want to get your help? So the best way is uh, my website, which is um, Full Cycle Hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. It's www.fullcirclehypnotherapy.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram, uh, Full Circle Hip. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> so there are lots of different ways to um, to get in touch with me. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So I can always send you my email address. Um, uh, sorry, not my email address, my website address. And that can go with the podcast if people do want to get in touch. 
Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. This is very, very insightful. Like it's, it's it was kind of like a therapy session for me anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love this. I love doing this. <laughs> right. You basically just you basically gave me some good pointers and uh and some more understanding on on why sometimes things are the way they are and why some things trigger us the way they do. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. It was very nice to have you on. I appreciate you taking the time. What time is it out there in the UK right now? So at the minute, it's two nearly two thirty. In the afternoon? In the afternoon. Oh wow! Because it is nine, almost nine thirty in the morning here. So, <laughs> I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I thank you again, uh, folks. If you find your purpose, no matter what anybody says, live it. We will talk to you folks next time. Have a good day. Thank you.